Number seven media production. <laughs> Welcome to the Biz Crush podcast series where I interview successful South African entrepreneurs and movers and shakers in order to extract practical advice on succeeding in business and life. I'm your host, Jacques Besson. And remember, if you prefer Afrikaans, check out Clipco's podcast series. The son-in-law of the late Roger de Clerf, a highly influential Belgium captain of industry, Stefan recalls how he and wife Anne established a progressive manufacturing plant at Peter Marisburg in 83 to manufacture high-tech nylon yarn. The following year, Carl expanded the operation into a vertically integrated carpet manufacturer, Balgotex Carpets, which diversified into vinyl, artificial grass and rubber. Balgotex's market share has grown significantly on the back of technological innovations and state-of-the-art products. I married my wife in 1983, and then I was asked by my late father-in-law to be exported to South Africa. Were you a bad son-in-law? And I was a—I think I was a good son-in-law. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a compliment to chase your way to Africa. My wife's family did consist of uh, six children, of which four remained in Europe, and two were exported: one to the States, and one to South Africa or Africa. And I was given a challenge in 83 exactly to start a company from scratch. So what is, what is your, I mean, this is fascinating, Stefan. So what, what's your background as far as, and, and just give us a brief uh, uh, background check. Where, where in Belgium did you grow up? Obviously, the, the fact that you, you, you launched a company, was there entrepreneurial DNA in the family? Just give us a snapshot of, of your background, please. My background is okay, fine. Yeah, my family is actually, they were, they were entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurials. My in-laws were even big entrepreneurials. Uh, my late father-in-law exactly started the company. He was originally a flax farmer and started the company exactly uh, in flooring from flax in, in the late 50s, in 1959 to be exactly. And is this is flax, like flax, flax seeds? What did we say? Sorry, flax. Yeah. He was a flax farmer, and then uh, decided exactly with his wife and his children exactly to convert flax into flooring. Initially into woven rugs, and then later on into wall-to-wall carpeting or flooring. I see. So, so is this a, a, just a thing about Belgium? And I recently had a conversation with someone about how uh, Flanderen was historically the poor side. So you had the, the French, Belgians, the posh, rich. Uh, and uh, Flandern was, was, was poor. And now today, that's the new money. That's the entrepreneur, all the, the big entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs from Flandern. Is, is, is that accurate? That's correct. Uh, Flanders was, in, uh, was indeed exactly before or after the war, exactly was mainly a farmer's community. As, uh, that's the north or the northwest. As we call it in Flanders and in, in the south, southeast is in the Walloon side, the French-speaking side, which was mainly mining and heavy industry. Uh, but the mentality and the culture of the north being Flanders and the south is chalk and cheese. You can't compare it. And, and I take it, I mean, the one thing what, what I always find fascinating, and with Flanders, obviously very close to Afrikaans, so Afrikaans is very close to to Flandern, but also the, 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 the farming community. I mean, I'm a, I'm a free state and, and, and I believe it's the, 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 the nicest, friendliest people. A rechte boerkie. A rechte boerkie. I know. I know yeah, yeah. You know when they say it's a cold free state, the, the guys put on two shorts when it's very cold, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, and they wear they wear shoes when it's cold. But um, so there's a lot of similarities between the two. Is it? Do you do you think that the farming component is that what you know? It's just a bunch of nice people that that had to fend for themselves from the beginning. Now I think if you got some farming experience, or if you come from a farming community, exactly automatically you get that entrepreneurial inship exactly in yourself. That's quite important. So, how did Africa? What did Africa look like when when now you 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 get the opportunity to go and start a business? I mean, that's no small feat. So obviously, you had that uh, uh, experience. You've been exposed to entrepreneurship, so you've got big guts, right? Now you're coming to to South Africa. What what was that like? Did, have you ever at that stage? Did you, what did you know about South Africa? Nothing, nothing whatsoever. First of all, my background exactly is uh, hotel management, so I knew nothing exactly about flooring or carpeting exactly whatsoever. So I had to start from scratch. Wow! But I was lucky that to surround myself with first of all my wife, who supported me exactly from day one, and also the people I worked with over the years exactly. People are key, and I've, I've been fortunate to surround myself with good people. And that's what made my career exactly the last 40 years, virtually. It's people. Wow. Surround yourself with good people. That's key. So, so, so let's start. Let's, and we, let's unpack that. So number one, you arrive where? Joburg. We arrived in Peter Marisburg, where we still are. And that's where we started exactly factory from scratch. Why Peter Marisburg? Because in the late eight, or in the late 70s, early 80s, there were some incentives that were given exactly to attract industry. And the reason we chose Marisburg is close to the port, to Durban, and pretty close to the main market being Gauteng. That's how we chose Peter Marisburg. And it helps that it's, an, it's beautiful. Well, beautiful. Africa is, South Africa is beautiful, indeed, yeah. Uh, and also, Natal exactly had some textile experience. There was a bit of textile mentality in Natal because of the climate, of the humidity and the heat. That's why we decided to go to Marisburg. So at that stage, so and again, I want to talk about the textile industry in a minute. But so now you arrive in Peter Marisburg. Where, where, where did you start? I think that's always a question you get with people who are hungry to start their own business. Where the hell do you start? So, what did you do? Where did you? How did you recruit people? How did you? There was communication exactly with the municipality of Peter, of Peter Marisburg. They were quite uh, attractive for foreign investment. And we decided to buy some land, and then uh, that's it. And we started the building from scratch. So the local government played a, played a huge role in, in, in that regard to get you out of the blocks. I would say the municipality of Peter Marsburg at that time, yeah. yeah. So, so define textile for a, for a layman. What, what does that mean? When I hear textile, I think T-shirt. I mean, that's obviously the idiot's response or definition of, of textile, but but – Unpack the textile industry. What did it look like at that stage? You said there was already a presence. And how does it look today? Well, let me just go uh, one, one step backwards. Is that the reason why we chose South Africa exactly is that um, we were about to buy uh, some equipment from Germany, from um, BISF in Germany. Mm-hmm. The, the, chemi- the chemical company. Yes, Time for a did you know insert. Global German conglomerate BASF is the world's leading chemical producer. The BASF group boasts affiliates and joint ventures in over 80 countries and operates six integrated production sites and 390 supplementary production sites in Europe, Asia and the Americas, Australia and Africa. 
BASF supplies products to more than 190 countries and a multitude of industries. By 2019, BASF employed close on 120,000 people and recorded sales of 59.3 billion euro. Well, I think that's their. I think that's their strapline is the chemical. Is <laughs> the chemical company? <laughs> Where basically their main market or one of the main markets that the company was um, supplying was South Africa, and uh, the condition of the sale of the of the of that equipment was that it had to be exported out of Europe, and we were just toy toying exactly for three possible uh, countries. One was Mexico. One was South Africa and one was Australia. And uh, because of the incentives, we made the decision to export that equipment exactly to South Africa and to start from scratch. So, so, so... The equipment into South Africa to extrude nylon. Nylon. So, but the, the, the decision to choose South Africa was based on these incentives to come and set up business at the time. So Australia didn't offer that and, and Mexico didn't offer that. Correct. In, in hindsight, I mean, obviously, uh, seeing what happened, what happened to Australia over the years, Mexico, obviously Mexico, I, I guess biggest benefit there is right next to America, massive market. Would you do anything different uh, looking back? No. I think the decision that was made in the early 80s, I think it was the right decision. Why? So, so why do you say that? What, what, what's different? Uh, or, because or what? besides work, there's also life. And the quality of life in this country is just unbelievable. I, I was born in Belgium, as I said by mistake. I could live anywhere in the world. Uh, and the last thing I would do is leave this country. Because such a beautiful country, it's amazing. Sure. That's always it's so nice to hear. I mean, we uh, just so you know, um, we lived in, in London for, for 14 years. And we've been back for three years now. And um, it's, it's, it's great to be back. Uh, we, we don't regret it for one second. Um, so textile nylon. So when we talk nylon, is it piece of string nylon? What, is, what are the uses of nylon? Nylon exactly comes, and initially it starts from benzene, and from there it gets converted exactly benzene being a gas, which it can convert into lactam, which is a liquid, which gets polymerized. The polymer, that polymer exactly gets imported, it's not available locally, and that polymer gets melted and extruded into a yarn. And then, that's nylon. That's nylon. And what, what traditional, what's the traditional use of nylon? When I see nylon, you know, obviously, I think we all have nylon in the house somewhere to tie something up. But what, what is, are there household uh, applications? Are there commercial, more uh, B2B applications? For now, it's mainly white goods and also auto, uh, automotive components. What, what specifically in, in the car? <clears throat> you know, the, the little microchips, which is very short today, exactly. That's part of it. <clears throat> then also exactly bumpers, exactly, which is a combination of nylon and other derivatives. So uh, nylon is quite an important factor exactly in the auto, uh, automotive industry. It is. I see. So, so and, and, I, and I take it again, Natal, Peter Marisberg, the, the, the car industry close to the – so has is, is that always been a part? So, so, so no. Not, not. Not at all? No. Not at all. No. We, 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 uh, we, uh, in, in, in the flooring business, when the car business, exactly, you've got three components which are used. One is wool, which is natural. Then you got nylon. Then you got polyester, and you got polypropylene. Those are the, the main components that are used to make the top or the yarn exactly of the carpeting. And we are more synthetic orientated than natural orientated. I see. So, so you guys focused on 
carpets. That's the is that the 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 main primary business. Correct. Okay, fine. And uh, the philosophy of of Balit Daniel exactly was to try to vertically integrate, form convert the yarns into a flooring. Okay, so again, just you make more money, just more profitable. At, at, and where, where again, where did that thinking come from? Is this is this something that that you just figured out? That, that was the philosophy of Balit father knows exactly to try to do vertical integration. To be less dependent to very suppliers, try to do everything yourself. Cut the corners. Sure, that's that's very it's very uh, forward thinking. I mean, uh, I'm just thinking now in particular we we work closely with uh, the the agricultural community, and I mean that's a big thing. I think particularly with fruit farmers. I'm thinking again the uh, and Natal there with the sugarcane and all the rest. How do you shorten that supply chain to 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 make more money? What um, so when you arrived in 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 Peter Marisberg, you had support from the local municipality, but th- did you know exactly what you th- we we want to manufacture nylon, and we know where we're going to sell it? Th- did you have that market information at the time? Yes, the intention was exactly that we would sell the nylon exactly to various flooring companies in this country, and they did refuse to buy the yarn. And we said, "Fine, if you guys don't want to buy yarn exactly, then we got no alternative to convert the yarn ourselves into flooring." That's what we did. So define flooring. Flooring exactly is what we, we were in, in, in those days, we were mainly involved in soft flooring, not hard flooring. And soft flooring for us is mainly wall to wall carpeting. And, and again, it's, 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 so in essence, you're a, you're a carpet manufacturer. Is that what you at heart? So that, that would be the, the, and how does the, I mean, and, and what does that industry look like today? I mean, was it back in the day, uh, was uh, hard floors, tiles? The main, the main player in the, in the 80s, 70s, 80s, exactly, was a company called Romatex, which was part of Barlow Rand. Mm-hmm. They had about, in the, uh, in the late 70s, 80s, exactly, I would say about 75, 80% market share. was a quarter company, being Barlow. And... Um, Kifan, uh, the mentality of a corporate world and the mentality of a family-owned business is a bit different. We always have invested every single penny we made was put back into the business. We just draw salary as everybody else. We never pay dividends. And uh, robotics in those days didn't invest. And that's why they switched the backside and they disappeared to the globe. Wow. So it was again, it's a classic example of a of a. There was about ten ten British companies, uh, flooring companies, and today exactly there are only about three left in this country. Incredible, and 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 again, it's a classic. It reminds me of the Kodaks and the Polaroids of the eighties. These powerhouse billion dollar companies that didn't adapt, um, not agile enough. Correct. What? Uh, so so just out of interest, Barlow Rand. I mean, they have a presence in Peter Maritzburg, isn't it? I'm trying to think. Where's their head office? Well, I know I know Barlow. The head office exactly was in Santon. Always in Santon. In always Santon. Yeah. So 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 that was was that a huge? Uh, uh, I guess that had a massive impact on your on your growth then. If 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 this market leader overnight disappeared. Well, it didn't disappear overnight. Uh, they thought that we Belgians exactly are just a bunch of suckers and we would never make it. Sure. And we just grew every year exactly double digit and invested in new equipment and uh, went from strength to strength. That's it. So who typically, and, and again, I want to come back now, I'll come back to some lessons learned. Um, these carpets, who do you sell the carpets to? Is it uh, construction companies? What does that look like? Uh, carpet wholesalers? We did start in the beginning only to supply to distributors, wholesalers. 
<laughs> and then later on, we expand our horizon to supply exactly to retailers and then uh, contractors, people exactly who are involved in the building industry. So what's your, where's your biggest, if you have to do 80-20, where's your biggest uh, segment today? Uh, well, we involve exactly in, today in about four segments. One is residential, two is commercial, three is hospitality, and then fourth is leisure. When I say leisure, exactly, we also produce also uh, artificial grass in a carpet form. Okay. And I mean, that's something, I guess, that's picking up big time. I know, I know we have, by the way, here at our studio and at home. And it's a, it's a pleasure not to mow the lawn. Artificial grass worldwide is a d- double-digit growth. Yes, it is, yeah. And you see the same with your, your sales, yeah? Uh, yes. Okay. But because of COVID, okay, but COVID has changed things a little bit, exactly. The hospitality market, the commercial market, exactly, is uh, not what it's supposed to be, but it's coming back. Uh, but okay, fine. We have to take it step by step and day by day. Mm-hmm, for sure. So, what? What? Looking at back, you know, what? What were some of the most important lessons you you learned? Uh, I guess, uh, and I don't want to say mistakes you made because mistakes is just learning uh, or knowing what not to do. What? What would you highlight? That stupid things that that happened at the time, and again, looking back, what would you have done differently? Not much. I'm quite happy exactly to what I've achieved and uh, mistakes. Mistakes are made exactly. Okay, fine, yes. Uh, but I'm happy exactly to what I've achieved up till now. So what would you single out as, as, a, as what was a big challenge in those early days? Um, I mean, how was, and again, as, as far as growing a business, cash flow? Uh, uh, no, I was, going, going back exactly, maybe the mistake which we made in the beginning is that uh, we brought out virtually half a bus of Belgian people <laughs> to try to start the plant of it exactly. And the problem is that Belgian people exactly are a bit arrogant and didn't want to delegate or teach the South Africans. And uh, there was a bit of uh, who was exactly between the Belgian and South Africans. And that's why I made the decision exactly. Okay, Belgium guys, if you guys can't fit in, do me a favor, fuck off. That's it, go back home. <laughs> and since we made, or since we did delegate more and more to the South African authorities exactly, suddenly we saw that things were clicking. You have to give the local people a chance. Mm. And and what was your recruitment process back in the day? Was it as simple as just putting out an ad and, and people rocked up? What did that look like back in the in the 70s, 80s? Well, okay, fine. I would say exactly that lots of guys that from the opposition were keen to join us because they were sick and tired to work for a corporate world and wanted to work for a family spirit company. That's why lots of guys, key guys, sales guys, production guys, financial guys, exactly, from the position, they did they, they join us. So, so what is that? What's the one thing that distinguishes that family business from the corporate that that you guys offer? I mean, there's a family feel, but what does that mean? Just break that down. Is it uh, key people, the key people that that you employ exactly are part of the family? So it's involving them with with decision making processes, as opening up the numbers. What what is all your policy? I know there's some family businesses that just open up the books, say this is our margin, our cost price. This is how much money we make. Are you going to help or not? To the key team you do, yeah. And then even the weekends, exactly, you socialize together. So you become mates. Mm. So it becomes very personal. It's not 8 to 5, it's 24 mm. 7. We sleep, drink, eat, flooring. Mm. Mm-hmm. If you work for a corporate world, it's mainly 8 to 5. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a bit of a difference between the corporate world and, uh, and, um, and the family spirit, exactly. And it's not about money. It's about job satisfaction. And, 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 and you're right. I mean, as far as the corporate, I remember my corporate days, you're a number. 
you, you, you're not, you, it's not a personal, you, you're a number. No, I, think I with, never worked for a corporate world. I can't, I can't, I can't give you any, uh, I have no experience about a corporate world. Well, I always you, work for myself. Yeah, you miss, you miss, you, you miss nothing. So, <laughs> <laughs> Look, it always, it's always nice that someone else paid the expenses. Now it's, it's not so nice if you have to pay your own expenses, right? <laughs> so, so the, the so you got the four industries, the four segments. Uh, the, the 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 artificial grass is growing. So again, what does the business look like today? Is is um, are the bulk of the is, is Gauteng the biggest market? Um, as as and I don't want to make assumptions. What does it look like today? And of course, have people moved away from tiles, floors, and and more carpets, or is it the other way around? What what's happened to carpeting? in the world or in South Africa? Suffering as such hasn't been very sexy because it's difficult to maintain. Uh, therefore, exactly ceramics has taken a big, big chunk exactly out of the flooring worldwide. But ceramics uh, is not very acoustic and especially, and I should talk to you, being in Bloom or whatever you're based in a free state. In winter, it can be more cold, eh? And if you've got uh, yeah. ceramic tiles in your bathroom or in your lounge, you better exactly, if you wake up in the morning, exactly, it's more so cold, eh? Therefore, <laughs> 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 exactly, carpeting exactly makes it more cozy and more warmer, especially in winter. Look, there, there was a solution until ESCOM showed up, right? Because I know underfloor heating was, was a thing. Now, I remember when we, when we moved, the, my friend said, stay away from the on button for your underfloor heating. You know, if you, if you want to, Triple your, your, your electricity bill, switch on the underfloor heating, you know, so uh, that, that, that makes sense. So let's talk about, so obviously suppliers, uh, I want to talk about suppliers in a minute, but uh, so your employees, how, how big is your team, by the way? Uh, the team is actually in Marisburg is about uh, roughly about 650 employees totally. 650. Yeah. And... What is recruitment and everything? What what's is, is is the way you conduct maintain that family feel today? How does how does that look in comparison with with thirty years ago? Jesus Christ, boys! How should I answer that question? Uh, I think this the spirit exactly that we started in eighty in in eighty three exactly today. I think it's the same spirit. Uh, by the way, exactly, I have um, given over the leadership to my son. Uh, who is now about 36 years old, and he's now the CEO. I'm uh, more on the on the backbench of exactly. I'm more involved on the in international scene because uh, as we start exactly, we just uh, grew and grew and grew. And today we are present in besides South Africa, we are present in Brazil where we got a manufacturing plant. We are present in Belgium. We are present in France. We are present in Australia, New Zealand. Uh, we got offices in India and offices in Dubai. That's amazing. So and we it, are uh, today we are an international group, and 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 is the the heart of the organization as far as what what are those look like? You mentioned Brazil uh, uh, production. Is is it? Is, are they raw materials that are still? Uh, I say certain products still created in in uh, Maritzburg and then shipped across, or are you replicating the the yarns and fibers which are produced or which are used in Brazil are coming from Peter Maritzburg. And and the rest of the other countries, what what are the, what does that look like? And then we got uh, distribution offices and distribution in New Zealand and Australia uh, with warehousing, and then then again, exactly those get supplied by also by our mill in South Africa. You ship them across, pop them in the in the warehouse in New Zealand, and then start selling and sell them to to the market. 
So exactly the same, just and and why why manufacturing in Brazil? Why manufacturing in Brazil is that uh, Brazil was a big export market for ourselves in the 80s, 90s, out of South Africa and out of Belgium. And that's why we decided exactly it's worthwhile to start a plant in Brazil, which we did start in uh, the early 90s. And I mean, Brazil, again, I, I guess, uh, economy that exploded in the good sense of the word, massive. Can, is that something? And again, what are, do they have? Are there a lot of similarities in the way they buy and use carpets uh, as compared to South Africa? What happened to us in Brazil, it's what I had to see to what happened in South Africa. In Brazil, when we started, there was about four major players in flooring. Today, we're the only one left. That's interesting. And, and, and why is that? Is there a lot of… Uh, same thing, exactly, between the corporate world and the family spirit. Same thing. What, what about imports? Is, is that played a major role? I mean, I'm, think, I'm thinking China again. China, exactly. No, for me, exactly. Uh, we import from China. No problem, exactly. Whatever we don't make. We uh, import uh, uh, vinyl flooring out of China. And distribute those flooring exactly here in, on the South African platform. So again, you've got you've got this 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 uh, basket of goods, which the the heart of it is 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 the carpet, and then like the vinyl flooring, you you add on these additional products uh, with the same customer, of course. You 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 Correct. you're talking to. Do you anticipate do you anticipate a scenario where manufacturing, uh, uh, you know, Brazil as a, as a, maybe as an example, do you, do you anticipate that in the future? Uh, the heart of the business will manufacture elsewhere and, 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 and import into South Africa and, and South Africa will become a distributor or is that something that's, that's not... Uh... What we produce in Europe exactly is mainly for the European market and we export also from there into Aussie and to Kiwi. In Brazil, the same thing exactly. Uh, we manufacture in Brazil, export from there exactly into Argentina, Chile, Uruguay, Paraguay. Uh, so we try to... And Bulgaria takes a big exactly, I would say... Uh, about 65% is domestic market and about 35% is export. Into Africa, into Aussie, into Kiwi, uh, Africa being mainly it, uh, Ethiopia, Rwanda, Accra, uh, Ghana, Zimbabwe, Zambia, whatever. And I take it that's a lot of, uh, I guess, hospitality, hotels, stuff like that, or is it… Is hospitality, it... hospitality, residential, housing, exactly, and then also uh, offices, commercial, yeah. Got it, got it. And, 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 and how does Africa, I mean, Africa, obviously, you, you're quite in a few countries, but it sounds like your export, you've got a, a massive uh, uh, opportunity there if it's only 35%. What, what is your future projections as far as uh, the growth outside of South Africa is concerned? Africa remains a challenge. Supply chain logistics is just a nightmare. African customers, actually, for them to pay on a dot is uh, much difficult. Is that? They don't like to pay. <laughs> So it's 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 uh it's uh knowing where to go and find your money once if it's it's delivered. It's always been the challenge in 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 Africa. Exactly. But do you are you rewarded for that that uh, frustration? Is the margins how do the the margins compare in Africa compared to to other uh, first world economies? If you if you go into the eastern African countries, there your biggest competitors are the Middle Eastern boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're quite very, they're quite uh, aggressive on pricing. And then if you go to West Africa, there you mainly confront with the European guys. So things are quite uh, are quite uh, competitive. Uh, but we got, I say, exactly, fine. We got the logistics on our side. Supply chain, exactly from uh, from South Africa, exactly, is a little bit easier compared than from Europe or from the Middle East. So that's one of the one of the trump cards we have. But those areas remain very, very competitive. What is the um, 
I want to talk about suppliers, right? And and suppliers' impact on the business uh, uh, is is you talk about relationship internally. How are the relationship with suppliers and which suppliers have massive impact on your business over the years and why? I would say the, the biggest supplier that had an impact on ourselves is to a certain extent, or to the biggest extent is Sassel. To a small extent, SLC. It has been our philosophy physically to try to support the local market as much as possible. And if we can't, if we can't access raw materials we require locally, then we have to import. So, so, so unpack... Un- so uh, unpack Sassel. What what is a Sassel supply? Um, and and Sassel uh, supplies the, the polymer to extrude polypropylene. And I mean they 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 okay. Uh, I would imagine as a multinational uh, supply. Is that all right? Or is again as it depends on where their focus is. No, it's the, going back exactly to what we said earlier. It's all about, about people, people, people. We always had a good relationship with, with Sassel. And we got a special, well, we got an arrangement exactly about the pricing that we buy from is very transparent. Mm. It's based on overseas pricing exactly with a transport factor. That's what it is. So it's transparent. Got it. So, and, and, that, and that's quite unique, I would say, dealing with such a big company that they're so transparent. Or is it normal? That's the, that's the way exactly we deal with overseas companies worldwide. It's transparent. And what about, you mentioned SLC to, to a smaller extent. What, what, are, what are the impact on, on, Think on of your it business? Exactly, it's again also about people. And they also exactly be sourcing them on, 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 on a formally basis. Also be completely transparent. Raw materials, they put raw materials, plus a little factor that they can make money on. And it's complete transparency. We know what they make and they know what... what uh, that to make sure that we can buy at competitive prices to international standards. So effectively, it's a it's a it's an open book strategy. So it's, it reminds me of of Toyota. That just everybody, if you want to supply Toyota, you better open up the books. Exactly. Is that is that is that normal? Because I know that's quite. I I I, I get the impression that's very unique because it, it takes a lot of again trust to open up the books. It's done worldwide, very uh, more and more and more. And this country is quite unique. Why? Because sometimes South Africans are a bit narrow-minded. And I have, okay, I've been fortunately to expose myself to international standards because of the family background. So define narrow-minded. What, is, what does that mean in, in the business sense? What, what, are the, what do the people do or don't? I think uh, generally, exactly, there's not much trust amongst South Africans. So if I open up my books, you're going to screw me. That's sometimes the mentality are we differently. We take open-minded. But I take it also because of your size, you're in a position also to say, listen, if you if if you don't want to play, uh, 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 or, or have that not be narrow-minded, we we just don't do business with you. As simple as that. Yeah, but I don't I don't like to threaten, but I try to teach you guys. Listen, guys, take with open mind exactly. That's hard things they get done internationally. Try to adjust to the international world. So it is. It's that. I would, uh, say, I would say the millennium today exactly are doing that more and more and more to try to convert an old Bali to that exactly is not easy, but millennium do that. So it's a lot. Uh, they they hit the ground running. It's just a normal way of doing it, being more transparent. So again, so that's that's the, so that's the exciting thing moving forward. And I take it with your son. So what's uh, so? Let's let's talk about you know the 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 next five to ten years. I mean, where do you see the the the, the biggest opportunity? Um, 
specific markets that stand out, specific products? Do you do you anticipate uh, a further expansion of your product range? What what does that look like? It all depends exactly how the world will evolve. Uh, if we see exactly that certainly the the double digit growth keeps on continuing today exactly for hard flooring, we might even just uh, consider to start a production of hard flooring. Why not? Mm. If the business exactly if the business case makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, then forget about it. Yes, yes. But if it makes sense, yes, because I like to be proud to say it's locally made. Mm, 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 mm. And and how uh, do you go back to Belgium often? I mean, where do you where do you uh, get best practice? Is there wh- how do you learn? How do you know that 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 you are world class still in your thinking? Um, obviously, it, I, I guess it helps that you Belgium that you still have the Belgium connections uh, and all the rest. Well, post COVID, I was in Belgium but one, on a weekly basis. Oh really? Yeah, as I'm not involved in day to day. I've given the Renault to my son, and uh, because we're an international company with the main activity of our group in Europe, that's why I was virtually every week in, in Europe and came back just for the weekend. Sure. Where where in Belgium? In uh, in a place called exactly uh, Waterham, which is close to the French border. Okay. Okay. So so that's where so... the main activity of our group is. And that's your that's your your central hub to distribute into Europe. Correct. Manufacturing and distributing, yeah. Manufacturing and distribution, yeah. What is, uh, so what does the Belgian market look like? I take it because of the, again, the weather, uh, the, the type of housing carpets is, 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 is more a thing, or again, is the hard floors taking over with underfloor heating and all the rest? Well, out of Europe, basically, about 40% of our market goes to the UK, UK Ireland. Really? Because the Brits, they sleep, eat, drink. Carpeting. Even there's even carpets in the toilets. Even on the corner toilet walls, they love the carpeting. Same as you know in New Zealand. It's amazing exactly. Kiwis and pumps, they love the carpeting. It's part of the it's part of the part of the culture. Do we know where that comes from? Because that's uh, other than the fact that yes, you're right. Because we had carpeting all over the place. Ironically, walking with muddy boots all the time, you have carpet. So that's 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 actually crazy if you think of it. Um, but why? Do you know why that is? I don't know. Has been there for since the last uh, 50, 60 years. I don't know why. I don't know. It's strange. They love the carpeting, and it's cozy. Carpeting is, makes the house cozy. It is. Well, it, it, it makes sense that one of the British uh, uh, billionaires is is James Dyson, right? Uh, that 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 uh, you made a stronger vacuum cleaner. <laughs> now, now that is, as far as diversifying, do you ever see a scenario where you be selling vacuum cleaners? I mean, is that a crazy idea? Because it's not the core business. It's not. We stick to we stick to flooring. Flooring related. No, that's the last thing I want to do. No, forget about it. No, no. And again, you don't install directly. It's always through a middleman that you supply. You at heart, you are manufacturers. Exactly correct. Yeah. Yes. And the installers or the retailers are our partners. Correct. So, a last question, uh, uh, Stefan. I mean, it's just fascinating. I keep you busy the whole day, but I know you're a busy man. What? What? Um, how do you see the manufacturing? In South Africa, chemical industry. What what what's your take on it at the moment? Uh, and again, I'm thinking with China here in the back of my mind. You know, what what is your take on it? As guess, uh, the sassels of the world. How do you see things? What what's happening? Time for a did you know insert. Sassel is a global integrated chemicals and energy company operating in 33 countries. The company was established in 1950 at Sasselberg and fashioned according to processes first developed by German chemists and engineers during the early 20th century. 
Currently, Sassel develops and commercializes technologies including synthetic fuels technology, while it produces different liquid fuels, chemicals, and electricity. The company is listed on the JSE as well as the New York Stock Exchange and employs more than 30,000 people worldwide and is the largest corporate taxpayer in South Africa. My biggest question mark is going to be going forward on the chemical industry exactly about sustainability, which is for me very, very important. Uh, I'm happy exactly, or I'm fortunate to have four grandchildren, and I would like that my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren can still breed and live in a green, safe world. And that's why sustainability exactly for me is more and more important, and uh, I find it, especially the, the Sassels and Eskom exactly, sustainability exactly is not too much of the key captains of the industry in, in, in their minds. And I find it quite sad. What? Uh, so, 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 let's talk about sustainability. I mean, so, so important. Uh, uh, interesting enough. I mean, supply chains becoming more visible for the consumer. They want to know where this comes from. And again, you're doing that on a on a B two B basis already, o- opening up. Um, what does sustainability look like today? What do you do typically in comparison? You know, again, with 30, 40 years ago. What's changed? Well, what, what we have done exactly since the last three years, we have put solar, solar panels onto our roofs, whereby exactly it's our aim is to be less and less dependent on ESCOM. Not because of load shedding, but to try exactly just to, um, to be clean and to be green. The same exactly that uh, the water that we use exactly is all rainwater, which is purified. We are completely independent of the water system exactly from the management community. Wow. So, so, that's, so, so this is now something you started, say, three years ago. That was started three years ago, yeah, correct, yeah. And it's so our aim exactly to be, to be less and less dependent on ESCOM, not because of load sharing, but because of our responsibility to be sustainable. And, and as far as uh, what, what more can be done, what advice would you give the listeners out there? So obviously electricity, uh, uh, sun power is, 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 is the nice thing. It's, it's growing and growing and growing in South Africa. Uh, water, the same. Um, I think a, a particular Cape Town can teach the, the country a few lessons uh, when, when the water starts running out. Um, what else is there? What, what can be done differently, especially in manufacturing, to, to, to drive the sustainability? Well, go, go, going back to SASL or to uh, SLC, exactly, um, have they got the, are they open exactly for sustainability? And because of the scale of the market being limited in South Africa, exactly, are they exposed to international technology to be able to be more sustainable? That's my question to them. So again, it's 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 that sharing base, sharing or finding base practice. It's going out there, and you mentioned your exposure to European markets, so you're staying on top of what's happening. So it's just it's it's information. It's making sure that you're talking to the right people and you know what's going on. Uh, otherwise, you're operating in this African bubble. Correct. Mm-hmm. Is there are there other other suppliers or well so we talked about Sassel but you know I guess again the the big corporate things um, as they say you can't steer a, a oil tanker ninety degrees um, are there any companies in South Africa that jump out that or even globally that you would consider a benchmark to say these guys this is fantastic model they 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 where we want to be in in in, in uh, ten years time what is your benchmark? Or is there an industry that's your benchmark outside of your own that you say, listen, this is, we love what Uber is doing or Airbnb. We want to do, we want to, that's what we're working towards. My benchmark is because we are fortunate to be international, exactly, that we can benchmark ourselves to our European and, and American companies, uh, whatever it is. 
And that's been our strength, is to try to keep on investing in up to the technology that you can supply um, merchandise that is uh, internationally acceptable. Mm. And we can, and that's why exactly we are successful in exporting. That's why our export is about up to 35%. What, what do you feel? What, what's your message out there for a South African company, 100% all the eggs in the, in the African basket? What would be that, uh, what's the bit of advice you can give them to, to kickstart an export uh, uh, business or, or, or new, access a new market? Take your blinkers of exactly in whatever field you are exactly, travel and make sure that whatever you produce that you can make the same quality or even better quality and that you qualities that produce are to international standards. That's what I'm asking for. And if you can, the sky's the limit. So speaking of, of, of currency, how big, a, how big a impact does does cost play? I mean, are you going to – will quality always beat costs, especially in this industry? For me, quality is the most important thing. Quality, innovation, yes. But, okay, you have to be cost competitive. You have to be. And because we export, therefore, exactly, why do, the reason why we export is because to try to hedge that uh, whatever our materials that are imported, exactly, are exported, therefore, we're not less and less exposed to the, uh, to the rand, uh, dollar exchange. That's why we export. That was the re- reason why we wanted to export, to be less dependent on the volatility of the rand. So it's, it's almost if, 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 if the, the companies in South Africa have to adapt, if they don't have that international exposure, you're looking for trouble. You're stuffed. Stefan, it's, it's really nice talking to you. It's very insightful. I've got a, I've got a light-hearted question for you. Um, do you drink Belgian beer? No, I only drink South African wine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just by the way, I love my Belgian beer. So it, uh, it's, uh, oh, but, so well, thank you so much for your time. And uh, so tell me, just a last question. What, uh, what is, what, what's, uh, what's in store for the remaining half of this year? Anything exciting? Or I guess now with, again, we level three, it makes it difficult to travel and all the rest. Oh, okay. I was in lockdown for, uh, since March last year. And uh, my first trip to Europe was in, March this year, so I was in lockdown for virtually a year. Sure. So now I'm a Zoom and team expert, but uh, <laughs> I took my PCA test this morning, exactly, and if I'm negative, I'm traveling back to Europe uh, on Sunday. Ah, nice, nice. But uh, have a safe journey, be safe, and, and thank you so much for your time. I enjoyed our chat. Only a problem. Okay, Jacques, I appreciate it. Thanks, my friend. Bye-bye, say bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave a review and follow us on social media at Biz, B-I-Z, Crush.